When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, spelt with an H of course, and a very warm welcome to the Daily Record Celtic Podcast. My name is Stuart Hodge, I'll be your host today as we look back at the weekend's thumping win and gear up for the return to Europa League action this Thursday. We'll cover all the big talking points and issues surrounding the Scottish champions and joining me on that voyage of discovery are two individuals taking a well-deserved break from the coalface of journalism to join us for a blether today. First up we have Michael Gannon from the Daily Record Sports Desk. Nice to have you with us, Mick. This is a decent way to start the week, is it not? It is, yeah. It's not the usual um, Blue Monday. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's fine. I was at the game yesterday. Um, got a, a good view of um, of the cup tie. A decent performance. Um, a very impressive performance. And it says something nicely for Valencia on Thursday. Excellent. And joining us as well, we have Jules Boyle, who's from our new digital publication, Football Scotland. And you guys have got some really interesting articles, by the way, including, among many other things, a fascinating look at why North Korea tends to time missile launches and the like with goals from Scott Brown. So just checking here, Jules, do you think we're in the verge of global catastrophe imminently, or can we carry on with the podcast without worrying too much? I think any time Scott Brown scores a goal, it's something to kind of look at, really. Do you know what I mean? Something's, you know... The, this, this, the omens are out there Aye. Um, it's, it's few and far between so yeah I'd watch the skies I think right okay that's fine so if anything happens with Kim Jong-un then we do apologise if the yeah. podcast doesn't actually go out it's fault. excellent so as you were saying Mick game at the weekend let's start with a look at that Celtic scalping St Johnson 5 nothing to make it through to the last eight of the Scottish Cup now we've already mentioned him and he doesn't get goals very often at all so let's kick things off by talking about the captain Bruni was, I think, considered by some to be a spent force at the hoops. And yes, he scored a belter against the Saints and remains a popular figure with much of the fan base. But when you look at his performances over recent weeks in a kind of more overarching sense, does he look worth that new two-year deal that he got? Oh, I think so. I think I think before Christmas he, he came back from injury. Um, it's a pretty unforgiving environment. Games coming thick and fast. Big games coming thick and fast. And I think he did look... A bit off the pace, I think. Look at the old firm game before the new year, um, and that was held up as an example. He always finished, the legs have gone, he's done. But he, he hadn't come back long from a, from an injury, he was out for a few a few months. Um, so I think you got to cut him some slack. But coming away in Dubai, I, I don't know what's in the water out there, but every year they said they come back from that, they come back completely refueled, re energized. Maybe um, we can get a sample, I could do some myself, yeah. I um, right. But since they come back, but Scott Brown, in particular, since he came back, has been. Absolutely superb. I mean, it was immense again mm-hmm. uh, on Sunday. I think you have to caveat that with that they haven't really been tested Celtic all that much Very since true. coming back. Very much so. So, um, I mean, the Hibs game um, during the week before, which I covered, um, I couldn't believe the space that Hibs gave Scott Brown. I mean, he was doing his little pirouettes and turns and he, he looks like Pirlo. But <laughs> listen, when you get that much space, you can look like Pirlo if you want. Because, I mean, it was unbelievable the room he got... And a wee bit of that on Sunday as well, because I think the early goal, I mean, I mean, Tommy Wright, I mean, he was pulling his hair out and 
throwing his game plan at the window in three minutes. Game's over in three minutes, really. Um, they're pushing the game and there's space. So he looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he'll get that kind of space this week against Valencia. But he's, he's, he can't fault him. He's come back. He's looked tremendous. His goal was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I know. The, the action in the, in the ground was, was hilarious because usually you get a cheer. But there was a gap, <laughs> a pause of silence, and then there was laughter around the whole stands. Everyone burst out laughing because it was so preposterous. I mean, 35 yards and sticking out in the top corner. Um, I think he was right, he's as stunned as anyone because he's a bit wayward sometimes and he's shooting. Well, he was saying like how fans normally give him the SIBO chance because yeah. his shooting's that bad. So Yeah, I think I mentioned in the match sport that usually the guys behind the goal were kind of worried about their, their ball roll and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's going to be in danger of getting, uh, getting caught with the ball. But uh, no, it was a heck of a strike. It was, um, it was a, a really good performance, as I said. So worthy of the deal then? Scott Brown, worthy of the oh, new Oh, I think contract. so. I, mean, I think you will, you will see... Uh, I think he, he will have a, a slightly diminishing role in over the two-year period. But at the moment, I mean, he's, he's firing all cylinders. He's well off his place in the team. Uh, he asked me in 18 months' time, you might see him starting to kind of um, take a slightly more reduced role. But at the moment, he's, he's going strong and, and playing well, so I don't think there's an issue there. No, very true. Sticking with Super Scots and Scotty Sinclair, oh, he is so wonderful, so the song goes... Jules, he's scored a hat-trick against St. Johnson. That makes it seven goals now since we returned from the break and he had a treble in the thriller at Pataudry in December as well, just before that trip to Dubai that you were mentioning, Mick. Um, so confidence, definitely not a problem with Scott Sinclair. Uh, it seems to have returned. He looks mm. a bit more like the guy Celtic had in his first season, season at yeah. Parkhead. But is he reaching those levels yet or has he still got a wee bit to go? I think he's still got a wee bit to go. I mean, I, th- I think I saw he's, kind of, he's got 11 goals in his last 11 games. He's got those hat-tricks. Um, he seems to be doing more what he did the first season. Um, you look at that second season he played and he just did seem off the, pit, off the piece quite a lot. I don't think... Um, I think a lot of folk were really down on him um, and that's going to affect him as a player and affect his confidence, you can totally see that. I think gradually as you see him doing these things, when you see him take men on, when you see him doing the stuff that he was doing the first season, and at times he wasn't doing that, or he was trying away for it, he was backing mm. off, and it was a lot of empty jersey accusations, and you know, I don't know how many players read social media, read the papers like that, but you just get the impression he was very aware that everybody was on him, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And now people are kind of coming back <clears> and saying, oh, no, no, and there's a, you know, I think a lot of folk are lying saying they weren't on his case. Um, and he can, you know, they really are. Um, but you can see him now, and you can see him now he's got another hat trick again. He seems right up for it. Um, he's definitely not back at that first season, Sinclair, mm. which was just he was unplayable at the time. So I mean? I, I, and he's had some easier times it as well recently. Well, what is it he's missing then? What's what's that missing sort of element that that, that does means he's not quite at that level because he's banging in the goals, he he's running at people, he's committing defenders. He what's missing? I think just the consistency. I think, um, and also doing it against the, the more top level teams as well, because mm. obviously we've had quite a, a fortunate run of games in these last games as well, which is fine. It's just the, the fixtures, um, and that's where he's really been turning it on. Um, so I'm not saying that he, he's not back properly, um, but I think the test is going to be Valencia. It's going to be against when they're playing, you know, Aberdeen and getting these bigger games as well. And if he can do that. Um, but at the moment, it looks like he's got it. It looks like he's really enjoying his football again as well, and he's got a, a smile on his face. Whereas even like this season, last year, a lot of the time he kind of looked, you know, didn't want to be there almost. I mean, he just mm. he was really he was toiling and struggling, and you know things just weren't working for him, and that bit of luck as well. I know what he's um, missing. He's missing sleep. His first season, he, he didn't have any children. He had a baby at the end of his first season. He had another baby. Quite well made. I, I know this a first-hand experience, Me having the one at the exact same age. Because uh, I was born eight months ago, the same month as his second one. 
Poor guy's not slept in eight months. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's affecting my performance as well. I can barely spell two words correctly. Yep. See, see, to be fair, oh, that's what people forget about football players. Sometimes <laughs> you're, you're watching them as these characters in a soap opera. Yeah. And what a lot of people forget is they're human beings just like the rest yeah, of us. And things like that have a massive anyone with, anyone with a newborn baby knows what it's like going to your work the next yeah. day. Mm. It's... Yeah. Um, Listen, I'm sure. Especially I'm sure, you sit down. I'm sure. I've <laughs> <laughs> uh, slept for eight months. <laughs> I um, feel like a constant jet lag. But listen, I'm sure Scotty's got the um, resources to, find, to get some help. <laughs> but uh, but listen, these things all play a, all play a part. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, a couple, he's got a young family as well, but yeah. um, people forget these things. Aye. But um, aye, sleep, he's, he's missing. Yeah. He's, yeah. Maybe now, after eight months, he's going to get a night's sleep and all of a sudden the form comes back. <laughs> it's, definitely a, it's definitely a possibility. Yeah. <laughs> no, very true. True, very true. One of the things that stuck out for me about the, the Celtic performance at the weekend was the, the quick exchanges, the clever interchanges position-wise between the players. How much of a factor, though, do you think that the winter break has played in Celtic looking so fresh at times at this stage? I mean, I know we've said they haven't been tested, but they've played some really scintillating football at mm-hmm. times. Do you think it's more to do with that that break that they've had, that time to, to maybe convalesce a wee bit, especially after starting so early, having the big European run, all of that stuff? Or... Is it more to do with the freshness brought by the new acquisitions, that sort of fresh energy and impetus within the squad? What do you think? I think that, I think that well, probably a combination of both. I mean, the break's there for a reason. Do you know what I mean, it is to give them that chance to revitalise and do things and work on things. But I think the difference um, the new players have came in um, has been quite remarkable because because of the way they play as well, it is very fast. It's free flow and it's passing, it's attacking, nah. which totally suits what we're wanting to do. And the difference that can make to a team and just all of a sudden give that little bit of spark that kind of pulls everybody else up and things are kind of paying off. Do you know what I mean? I think that's making a real a real difference on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? Especially because we were getting a lot of folks saying, oh, they're young or they're untried or he's not kicked the ball and all this sort of stuff. And they've all came on kind of going, oh, right, OK. Um, I think that's made a huge difference to, to the whole team, really, because they know they can play a certain way and it's actually working and they're getting that energy on the yeah, pitch. Yeah, yeah. I mean? And that's translating into the crowd as well and it's all feeding off into this. You know, there seems to be a bit of positivity and a bit of confidence in the team again, which was definitely missing, I think, before Christmas. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's any coincidence that you look back in the last four or five years since when the break come back, they tend to come back refreshed and hit, I mean, I think, mm-hmm. looking at some of the records, I haven't got in front of me actually, unfortunately, well, I think they went, they went six, seven games without losing a goal in each year mm-hmm. coming back mm-hmm. and also scoring a battle as well. Mm-hmm. So it is, it is a, a common theme that they come back refreshed, but then you look at, but no wonder, when you look at the schedule before um, Christmas, Ridiculous. I mean, yeah. it's, the, the league calendar is. I mean, you chuck in the European games; it's brutal. Yeah. Um. So, but you, it, they tend to be limping towards the new year. Mm-hmm. Um. Celtic, when you chuck in the European qualifiers, right from the end of that's July. July. Yeah. So it is, it's, it's fairly brutal. So, I mean, the guys. I mean, guys have played week in week out. James Forrest, Callum McGregor, Kieran Tierney was one. Mm-hmm. It, it's no surprise that they start falling apart at the seams because <laughs> they are having to go to the well twice a week. Yeah. Um, games coming within 72 hours and European trips um, travelling travelling time it's just, it's just tough yeah. uh, as well so it's no surprise when they come back at, at, after that little break it is a re energy um, mm-hmm. and, and it shows the new signs give up their lift as well at, at the club I mean especially when they bring in guys like, like Weir and Burke hit the ground running as well mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so it has it has changed the dynamic um, and I, I think this year they have had a, quite a, a fairly gentle Return as well, very much so, uh, which helps build momentum mm-hmm. and confidence as, as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you add all the factors together, that's that's where they are just now, um, and it's, it seems to be working. Mm-hmm. 
Very much so. Um, let's talk about some of those new signings then. It has been touched on already how, yeah, not not today, but by various commentators <laughs> over the course of his start with Celtic about how Jeremy Toljan is bringing a whole different dynamic to Celtic's right flank. Mm-hmm. But see from what you've seen so far, how good is he? Because as we say, Celtic have not been tested too much defensively. Mm-hmm. That, that's a whole side of playing right back that we've not really seen much evidence of. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he looks really comfortable in the go- ball going forward, but do you think the, the jury's still out to some extent on, on how good Jeremy Toljan is because he's not being tested defensively? Or do you think Celtic have got a player that's almost, or, or perhaps even in the same calibre as Kieran Tierney? Well, uh, yeah, a bit to go before you get to that, mate. that far. But then again, <laughs> he's on the books at Bruce Dortmund. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's, he's he's certainly not going to be any mug. I mean, he's looked apart so far. I mean, mm. He looks a class act, doesn't he? He does. Um, we'll find out. In terms of the jury being out, the jury be sitting in, 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 in verdict on Thursday night. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but he does. He looks. He looks. He looks a real a real class act. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, I've defended. I'm, I'm, I don't quite get the kind of the the, the Michael Lustig bashing. Um, I think he's been asked to play a role. I've mentioned it before in this, this podcast. Mm-hmm. That he, yeah, he has to play a role that's maybe not quite suited to him. No, um, he's a big he, look. Is a, a solid Scandinavian defender getting asked to play the kind of a attacking wing back role. He looked um, brilliant yeah. in the World Cup playing for Sweden as part of a kind of tight back you know, form. Mm-hmm. Does, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. centre back, stroke right back, mm-hmm. solid defender. Yeah. yeah, but when you chuck in the the, the wing back, and I, I don't think it's a question either. The fact that he's bombing up down the flank all afternoon and all evening. That the defensive part goes because he's probably Aye. triggered, Aye. Um, and listen, I think I think his manager accepts that as well. Mm-hmm. That he, and this is a guy I mentioned before as well again that he was held together by kind of blue tack three years ago. Aye, um, much so. A guy who couldn't play twice a week, and mm-hmm. he has been playing twice a week for three years. Yeah, uh, and he's now what thirty two as well. So. Um, which is ancient, obviously, unfortunately. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> I'd love to be 32. <laughs> um, so I feel a bit sorry for him, but the, in, in terms of uh, Tomiani, he does look the part. Um, great going forward, great with his feet. Um, mm-hmm. I will find out defensively in due course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Oliver Burke, who I, I think a lot of Celtic fans have been very entertained, shall we say, by mm-hmm. what they've seen from Oliver Burke so far. But there's a lot of good and there's a lot of there's a lot of evidence of a player that's still really raw mm-hmm. in, in lots of ways, I think. Um now we're we're gonna talk about the sort of injury element in a wee minute, but he was dazzling against St Johnson. He, I mean they just did not it was a very, very poor performance defensively, it has to be said, from St Johnston, who normally under Tommy Wright are, are quite a tough nut to crack in that sense of things. But I think Celtic having played them Groundhog Day three times in eleven days, I think it was. Um I think they'd maybe just worked out how to get at them. Is is that maybe a factor? But with Oliver Burke specifically how I mean, how how good an operator is he? Is this someone that his physicality is the reason that he's he's looking the part so far, or is there more to him than that? I think I think it's I think he's definitely a very physical player. I think he's he's, he's strange to watch because obviously he he's, he's been played up front as a striker. He's normally out in the out in the wings out there. He's he's adapted this role really well. But there's something about him. He looks great, but there's something about him I still think doesn't. Look like a striker. Yeah, mm. I don't know. It's kind of hard to put your finger on, but he's looking great. He's looking brilliant for us, and he's all you know. He's looking like a player you'd want to keep, um, which is probably zero chance of that happening. Mm. Um, I think. But uh, yeah, there's just something a bit undecided about him yet. I think, um, even though he's impressed in every game that I've seen him in, um, but he does. There's just something I can't quite put my finger on. And a word, Jules. Would you rather see him in the flank? 
Yeah, I think I would. That's fine. That's yeah. a word. Mick, <laughs> we, we were talking a bit just before you came on the pod about how he's sort of being reinvented in, in this kind of role. As, um, I, I loved your turn of phrase, a loose nine. Well, that's, mm-hmm. that's Brendan Rodgers calls it a uh, loose nine. Or aye, a rather nine. than a false nine. Yeah. So yeah. what's the distinction there? And what, what do you think about kind of Ollie Burke in that role? Well, I think Ollie Burke is the definition of a loose nine because mm-hmm. he, um, I think I think he's... This is going to sound really bonkers, right? But I think his, his biggest feelings are also his biggest attributes. Because I don't think... I'll explain. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Faces of scepticism here. I don't think... This is going to sound like I'm being terrible, terribly disparaging, but what I mean is I don't think he's a natural footballer in the sense that he thinks about football. I don't think he reads the game like the way coaches drum into players, which I, I think, conversely, perplexes defenders. Because mm. I don't think they know what he's going to do. Because I don't think he really knows what he's <laughs> going to do or what he's meant to do. So a lot of times that can be quite effective because mm-hmm. a ball's coming to feet and you're centre half, you think, well, I'm, I've got the grounds covered here. He's going to go diagonal back the way there. He's going to go there. I'll, I'll fall in. That's I'll follow the run. Be. All of a sudden he tries to spin somewhere, runs into you. The ball bounces off and it spins behind you and he runs onto it it's so quick. <laughs> and all of a sudden the centre half's going, what the heck happened there? Oh, That's not meant to happen. Yeah. So he's unpredictable. You look at the second goal on Sunday, He's, he's probably somewhere he's not meant to be in the pitch mm. right at this point in time Dennis Forrest gets a flick on which you wouldn't expect anyway right but he's he's 40 yards where he's meant to be but he's so quick he leaves his man he gives him a 10 yard start and he hears beyond him heads to the corner flag which would be again you imagine him thinking get in behind head towards the goal but he mm. goes the other direction hits the byline and gets a ball an amazing ball across the, for, for Sinclair to finish off None of those things are things that are, are any chalkboard in a, in a dressing room to do. No, and yet it's so effective. Yeah. Which I think, so I think, bizarrely, the unpredictability of him makes him so effective. But if you can harness that, well, if you can harness that, you don't get a player that's playing in Scotland. That's for sure. No, no, because it's it's he's got the the physique, the pace um, that can destroy teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I thought he was he was superb. So on Sunday. Kind of just to try and crystallise what you're getting at is there's a fine line between a heedless chicken and someone with like unparalleled levels of flair to, to shock and surprise yeah. the defence. Is that what you're kind of... Yeah, if you can if you can bottle that and then bring in a bit of kind of football intelligence, mm-hmm. then I don't think you might lose that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, then you've got a, a player. I mean, that's the guy. What is, this guy is worth... It's already been subject to two transfers of up to 30 million quid, so you've mm. obviously got a bit about him. Um, and he's got a bit more confidence than you see him playing games. He's played many games. Mm-hmm. He started 25 games in four years. Yeah. Um, so you see he's got a bit about him. But I think that unpredictability is, is a major asset. Um, and but Also, I think because because he doesn't really have that discipline in terms of his, his game approach to the game, I think I don't think you can play that, that wide role in this Celtic team because that's a very disciplined role. You look mm-hmm. at the James Forrest um, development under Rodgers, he's become very good defensively as well as he always was good offensively, um, whereas I don't know if, if Burke has got that mentality yet. Yeah. Yet, whereas you put him that that kind of loose nine and mm-hmm. loose terms, <laughs> he's got freedom, mm-hmm. so he can go deep, he can go behind, he can spin off the flanks. Nightmare to play against because you just don't know because he doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's going to be fascinating uh, to watch that yeah. development. One of the big drawbacks and, and kind of looking ahead to Thursday now from the weekend was the fact that Burke went off with an injury, so he's now probably battling to be fit. How big a miss would that be for you, gents, if he's not fit? I mean, do you, Celtic have obviously, they've, they've really strengthened their attacking armoury mm-hmm. in January. 
but do you think Burke is is the the best option to try and bamboozle that that Valencia backline, or do you think the the, the the other options that Celtic have got can can maybe step in and, and step up if if Burke is unavailable? Well, speaking to Rogers after the game, I think he thought he he, he should be okay. Yeah. Hope hoping for the best. Um, we asked him as well as has has Burke made himself the the main man up front now? Because um, I think the the plan would have been in the last week or so would have been get. Rodson Edward some game time at St Johnson mm-hmm. didn't really work out the way they planned him getting injured so quickly but then again this weekend get him on the park with half an hour to go with a view to put him right in on mm-hmm. Thursday night but I think Burke's display on Sunday albeit against mm-hmm. a, a St Johnson side who were a bit, a bit ramshackle I think that's now got him must be got him thinking I mean he's got that pace as a weapon Valencia Get put on my hipster outfit here. They're quite a high pressing <laughs> team, apparently. Um, the Gegen press. Uh, oh no! See, I was doing so well. <laughs> John Gegen, a great player. Andy Gegen. After speaking, it was great as well. Boy, <laughs> um, uh, we're getting booked up. Um, but when you think that out ball to combat or press, <laughs> launch it. Um, it'd be a good asset to have mm-hmm. uh, in Definitely. that match. So if it, I think they'll be hoping he's he's a hundred percent because you think he'd be the one. Um, but he's got, they've got options, haven't they? They've got Edward back fit. Where has yeah. showed that he's at that level as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a nice problem to have. Mm-hmm. On on where do you see him more as playing out wide or up front? What have you? What have you enjoyed more, Jules, from what you've seen of him? Hey, I've, I've enjoyed him just driving at the goal. I've enjoyed, enjoyed him seeing like just getting up there right in the front and doing his thing. He seems to be really, really keen to to get on the ball and to get a shot of sin, but also as well, he, he's very um, generous with it as well. He's not greedy. Mm. He's setting up things as well with that, do you know what I mean? So he seems to be really keen to just get, you know, get toward it, that sort of thing. I think, again, um, he, he looks like a player, looks like a player that wants to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's been a right asset to the club so far. Do you know what I mean? So I think he would be, you know, if Burke wasn't fit, um, obviously you've got Eddie as well. But you know, if we was up front himself, I don't think it would be the end of the world. Do you know what I mean? He'd be a, a very solid choice for being up there as well. And while we're on the topic of front men, Bayo, I mean, has he been bought as a bit of a project to kind of bring him on slowly and, and develop him rather than throw him into the big games right away? I, I surprisingly, I thought. I mean, obviously they had a little bit of a break when he wasn't playing, so he's been put through a kind of mini pre-season. Um, but he was red hot before the, the Christmas break, so mm-hmm. you think he'd be ready to go in straight away. Um, I suspect he's a player that they've watched, liked, and ticked all the boxes in terms of age, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of being a prospect and, and project. Maybe arrived in, in Scotland. I, I suspect that the first couple of training sessions, you think, well, this boy needs a bit of work, maybe. Aye. It tends to be the case that, mm-hmm. that maybe he needs a bit more polishing up than, than, yeah. than, than first thought. Um, but listen, the noises are that he's, he's got a bit about him, he's a natural mm-hmm. finisher. Um, which I always think and actually, when people say they're actually fine it always means that they can't play football either <laughs> <laughs> so it might need a bit of work yeah. like, natural finisher it doesn't do much else apart from the ball net, which is not a bad skill um, mm. but I think he may win for down the line um, mm-hmm. I think so but he's, they don't need him at the moment do they because I mean Weah has, has been playing well um, Burke and obviously Edward coming back mm-hmm. uh, Weah I think I think Weah actually gives Celtic what they had in Mr. Dembele's first season, mm-hmm. which you know, he's not got the, the, the same height and physique as, as Dembele, nobody does really, but he's got that ability that you can whip a long ball into a channel. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at his first touch at St. John's, and that was a, that was a goal from Rodgers' first season. That was a yeah, goal yeah. that mm-hmm. Dembele set up against Rangers in mm-hmm. the Cup semi-final. Remember very much so. That, yeah, that hoof up the park because he's. I mean, the way he can pull a ball down mm-hmm. and in one move 
same as Dembele could do. Yeah. Spin yeah. in. Spin Pull in. it down. I mean, he first touched like a time yeah. Pull Pill it down and get it across. Oh, that's probably not the best analogy. <laughs> uh, allegedly, 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 allegedly like a bad back. But that's but he brings that same quality that that that, that Dembele had in his first season, um, which is useful because mm. that's what sort of lacked, probably for during the time when he was injured Dembele and then the first part of the season they could do the, the passing the ball about the passing the ball about mm-hmm. but if they don't get that chance it goes back and do it again yep. and a lot of times in the first half of the season they ran out ideas because yeah. against teams that were sitting in low blocks here I'm getting all hipster here oh <laughs> love it <laughs> do one podcast and you, you get all hip um, but then they can go they've noticed that since the turn of the year they can't they can just same again with the Burke uh-huh. at the weekend they can launch it and it's, it yep. gives teams a problem mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's totally changed things over. I think that was a, a real issue in the first half of the season. Totally. Um, and the, in Europe as well, constantly bang, bang, back and forth, back and forth, yeah. and it was never the real issues of getting it further. And that's, right. that's definitely. They totally did that agree. in the first season. A lot of times, mm-hmm. a lot of goals from balls yeah. over the top, mm-hmm. um, and it got them a lot of joy. Yeah. So I think that you'll see that again. Yeah. I, th- I think uh, just in the topic of hipster sort of statements just by the way time just, no 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 no, no. Well, I think, I think oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's we're, not go down that route. we're going to leave that one where it was um, no I think on the, uh, on the topic of hipster statements my favourite Brendan Rogers quote of the week last week was uh, we work very hard on excellency yes. which I thought was um, what do you actually mean obviously yeah. you do I'm sure that everyone does I would hope uh, uh, no not me no. that's <laughs> 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 Excellent. Right, Valencia then, looking ahead to that, what kind of team are we expecting on Thursday night? I mean, how, how do you think he's going to set them out? Obviously, Scott Brown's been missing for some of the key European games towards the end of the group stages. Um, do we expect something similar with Bruni maybe being left out, or do you think he has to play, especially not given a his... chance? Not no, a chance. Not a no chance. way. He, he no is way. not hundred percent. He's there, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, there's, there's no way Scott Brown's not playing Thursday night. Not, not so, so what's the team then? Talk me through how you expect Celtic to line up. Um, not so different. I think the options are it's up up top end. I think I think it will be. I think what happens is if if Izaguirre isn't fully fit. At left back, which I suspect he might not be. Mm-hmm. I think you'll see Tolian move over. left back. Mm-hmm. I think Lustig will be right back. Yeah. Um, uh, middle of defence. You might see Ayer alongside Boyata. I think. Um, then I think it'll be Brown and McGregor with Christie, um, Forrest Sinclair, and then one of the other one. I suspect Burke with Edward and Way on the bench. Um, that entirely, yep. uh, I think uh, I think that would probably be the way they'll line up. Yeah, um, that's most obvious. Aye. Yeah, I'd be um, surprised at anything different to that. To be honest, that'd be good. Uh, um, yeah, Edward maybe up top first. Uh, yeah, maybe. I can um, see Bart going first and Edward coming on. Yeah, I think, I think so think as well. So. Just he's not played an awful lot, mm-hmm. Edward. Um, yeah. And again, uh, he's also maybe stronger coming from the, the flank, maybe for. Mm-hmm. For a Sinclair, or maybe, but Sinclair's been playing well. So I, don't, I think, yeah, I don't think there's that many real conundrums in the team. It's got to be encouraging for a Celtic point of view, though, to be looking at it and thinking, especially in the attacking areas at the pitch, and especially with so many injuries peppered throughout the team as well, yeah. that there are actually options there mm-hmm. to, to, to go out and change it up and a bit more variety, maybe, in terms of what you've got in the bench than what was there previously. Would you mm-hmm. agree with that, too? Oh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't that long ago we, we didn't have a fit striker. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It was exactly. in that situation. Mikey Johnson up front starting uh-huh. against uh-huh. Rangers at yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Who had, to be fair, done well in the few games before that as mm-hmm. well, but you couldn't fault the boy for that for that day. Do you know what I mean? It was, no, it was, not at all. It was a, a terrible situation. And so, no, it is quite um, 
encouraging to see there is I mean we can sit here and debate who's going to be up front and, yeah. there's, and, and there's a few options and there's good reasons for all of them as well um, so yeah that is definitely you can, you can see it's, it's a good position he's got himself in So if Celtic are going to do this they're going to take the comfortable lead to Spain that most people would probably agree would, would be needed to, to, to feel comfortable about chances of qualification what, what are the main hurdles they're going to have to overcome? Well, a pretty, a pretty good, <laughs> a pretty decent Valencia <laughs> side. Valencia side. Uh, although a struggling Valencia side, if it's if you believe um, mm-hmm. the reports from Spain, although they have they have picked up recently, haven't they? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, albeit with I think it's three dollars in the bounce. Yeah. Um, but listen, they're going to be a good side. Uh, they're going to be technical. It's, it's all the cliches you get, but it, it's for a reason, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I think. You mentioned comfort. There's not going to be a comfortable lead. No, 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 no. no, no. Um, I mean, if you're, if you're being honest, it, it has all the hallmarks of a maybe a, a big night on a Thursday, a one nil, two one lead, maybe even a, a one each draw or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, which would give a bit of hope going to Spain, and then we can write up the three 0 defeats. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it. I've, I've, yeah. I've covered that game a few times. Yeah. Um, it's a big. It's a big. I don't think there's any pressure on Celtic. I don't, to be honest with you, I think this is bonus ball territory. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have argued that, that yes, that Sunday's game against St. Johnson was the biggest game of the week. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, yeah. Um, whatever happens in the, the European games would be a, a bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, but staying on track for the for the cup and this treble, treble, mm-hmm. I think was the bigger game. Aye, well, that's, so, that's huge. I think. I think. I mean, obviously, you don't want to be, you know, going in and getting a doing, which, which is no, which is a thing. No. But it is a really tough game. I mean, as we say, a struggling Valencia side. The key word there is Valencia. I mean, it's not like yeah. a struggling St. Johnson side or something like that. Mm. I mean, it's, you know, they've not been doing well, reportedly, but they have been starting to pull it yeah. back with Jaws. They're still a very good side. If, if, I mean? they're on a, if they're on a par with a Leipzig, Celtic have got a chance to, mm. to get a lead in the home leg. Yep. If they're on a par with Salzburg, yeah. different ball game. Yeah. Yeah. Salzburg showed that... They're next, an outstanding that, outfit. No, they are, yeah. I mean, ridiculous how good they were. I mean, they're, they're next level up again. Mm-hmm. And Celtic have, in recent years, when they take that next step up, mm-hmm. they've, they've struggled. Mm-hmm. Um we even saw it last season, um, St. Petersburg in Glasgow, a, a, a big night, good mm-hmm. performance, good result. Yep. Out there, different story. Yeah, mm. um, it's, it's difficult. Teams. Uh, yeah. It's difficult. It's very difficult. And like, and teams like Valencia will be quite happy to go with a one 0 defeat mm-hmm. or two one defeat in Glasgow. Yeah, or, he, or, or they're all over. Here's here's one for the bit of the realms of speculation, but it's a podcast, so let's speculate a wee bit. See if you're Brendan Rogers. How big a bearing on your future does the level of performance that Celtic can achieve in this tie with Valencia have? Do you think it's going to be the the idea of how they've progressed in Europe that's going to help him decide what his future will hold? Or do you think that domestic travails will have a bigger bearing on that? Well, I think I think Europe is the, the barometer for, mm-hmm. for that and that level of manager. Um, mm-hmm. But career-wise, career-wise, I think so. I mean, mm-hmm. there, is a, there is a disregard for for Scottish football, like it or not. There just is. Uh, yeah. um, I mean, Neil Lennon got to the last sixteen of the European Cup or yeah. Champions League, mm-hmm. um, and then didn't get, end up at Bolton, oh. one of the worst gigs yeah. in England. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah. I think Brendan Rodgers needs. I think he's done well in Europe. Listen, yeah. I, I think I think people don't quite understand how well he's done because Celtic getting to the group stage of Champions League a couple of years in a row is. No mean feat. If you're taking, no. I mean, Celtic's budget is now probably eighth in the championship in England. Mm-hmm. Bye. Uh, if that, if at best. That, if that, yeah. So, would you be expecting Aston Villa to get to the Champions League group mm-hmm. stages next season if they got into the, in the qualifiers? Yeah. 
No, you no. wouldn't. You wouldn't no. be expecting them to. You would, no. I mean, they might want to, but there's no guarantees. So by doing that and getting to even getting through the, the even get through the Europa League, I mean, mm. the landscape's changed in, yeah. in European football. Massively. So I, I think it is a pretty impressive what, what they've done mm-hmm. in recent years. Uh, maybe under under um, valued to, to some, by some people, um, especially certain fans who. Went th- Especially the, the early two thousands, you look back, it was actually incredible period for Scottish football. I mean, two teams oh. getting into European finals, ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Way above punching, way above our, our weight. Yeah. But that time, Celtic's wage bill in two thousand three would have been the top six in the English Premier League. Aye, that that's crucially the big now it's not yeah. top six in the Championship. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's the change yeah. in the landscape. So yeah. there's not that's not going to happen. So Valencia in two thousand and one, when they came to, to to Celtic Park and Celtic won, albeit lost in a pair of kicks. Mm-hmm. That time, Celtic were probably the top five budgets in Britain. Yeah, Martin O'Neill's first couple of seasons, yeah. they ramped up the wage bill. Mm-hmm. Exceptional um, team. It was, yeah. it was, but it, was, really but, was. But it cost money to that oh, team. Aye. Yeah. Um, so people think the AC Milan's came, the Juventus's mm-hmm. game, and all the that fortress. and get scudded aside. Yeah. Aye, but <laughs> you have to <laughs> caveat that with the, the changing environment. Yeah. Aye. So this Valencia might not be where they were in two thousand one. Was the, obviously their mm-hmm. Champions League finalists and all that stuff yeah. mm-hmm. but but Celtic aren't either no and Valencia are closer to it than we are so, I mean the, well, the, the gap is just stretched it, so far exactly I mean? exactly so, really although, so although I think Rodgers will get judged on, on Europe I think perhaps sometimes unfairly mm-hmm. yeah but, yeah. I, yeah. I, I think especially a lot of like, even Celtic fans expect us to qualify for the Champions League not only that qualify for the last 16 and it's quite unfair, do you know what I mean? Because you look at the competition, you look at that, and you think, actually, whenever we do it, it's like Olympic level, punching above your weight, do you know what I mean? It's really, the, the, the difference is insane. Or oh, how are we not beating this Diddy team? And you look at this so-called Diddy team, and you see the money they've got, That's and the they leader, and you go, well, you know, there's, there's why they are, do you know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, it's a huge ask every time, and the fact that, you know, getting into this point of the Europa League, it's a great achievement. Do you know what I mean? That alone, no, I think I mean? so as well. it really is, do you know what I mean? Especially considering a lot of the performances we put in, um, in Europe this season, I mean, yeah. to get to this point, um, I, th- I think the thing. the big difference that I would say is, I mean, you've got you've got the it's kind of reflective of society at large that you've got the the G eight or so of mm-hmm. kind of global elite clubs that that have a, a sort of certifiable chance of winning the Champions League, winning yeah. the the biggest trophy of them Every all. Time. Then you've got a level of teams under that, which is the likes of your Red Bull Salzburg, the real cream of the crop of the yeah. of the other teams in the, the sort of other leagues in Europe. And then below that, I would say you've got the tier that Celtic are really in, where it's a club that's obviously got a massive history and, and loads of fantastic assets mm-hmm. in, in terms of what it's got as, a, as an actual club. Same with Rangers, obviously. Mm-hmm. Loads there to, to call upon. But the financial disparity just makes it so hard to mm-hmm. compete at that European level now. Yeah. But shooting the other foot, Scottish football's been brilliant this season. Yeah. It's been such an exciting campaign domestically um, that that I think we've 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 got to be really happy with that. Mm-hmm. So let's let's end on a positive then, looking ahead to the Valencia game. What weaknesses can Celtic exploit to get the result they need? Valencia are missing a couple of key players. Obviously. Yeah, got a few, a few key men out middle, of, middle of defence, mm-hmm. um, and um, the ex Arsenal uh, Gabriel Polista. Yep, mm-hmm. um, is missing as well. Um, they haven't. That, I mean, Valencia, they, they have been not. They haven't exactly been firing mm-hmm. uh, this season. Um, Loads of draws. A lot yeah. of draws. You don't. You but don't know at this stage what their where their priorities lie either. Yeah. So. 
I we think I mean we saw we saw Villarreal against Rangers in the season. They weren't particularly impressive, were they? No. So we don't surprisingly. So we we can't we can't get fooled by the name mm-hmm. in the league right away because you, you don't know what the, um, how they're going to approach it. You don't mm-hmm. know what the, what level they're at at this point in time. Yeah. Um, but reading some of the reports from some of the games, they do give out give up a lot of chances. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been a wee bit lucky, I think. Uh, the weekend um, was it Real Sociedad weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, missed a few sitters against them um, so they, they do they do give you opportunities mm-hmm. so Celtic will get chances yeah. um, and if they come if they come. it depends how they play it as well I mean they make they might try and go and just get a like a nothing each or even a narrow defeat mm-hmm. if they come and play their, their, the game they've been playing in Spain the kind of high pressing game um, that might be a, a bonus mm-hmm. for Celtic yeah. they might not but they might, they might, they might we've seen teams coming to Glasgow and Maybe maybe form for the name as well. And uh-huh. think we'll come and just mm. just bed in a bit. And bed and in and take, take a result of the road. Yeah. <coughs> um, <coughs> excuse me. So, but it's not a lot of chances. Mm-hmm. But it's, they're, they're going to, need to take them because um, that's yeah. the key. I think I think it's, it's going to be keeping them out the other end. Mm-hmm. Um, I still get my I still got concerns about that Celtic defence yeah. at this level. How on that note, actually, Benkovic. I mean, do you think it would be a totally different sort of tie? And and you would be looking at it maybe with a lot more confidence if he was available because he has such yeah. a difference maker at the back. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that's been a huge loss of, of all the players to kind of lose out of that back. That's been a massive. He's the biggest miss. Yeah, yeah. it's huge. The, the difference he makes. I think also as well the confidence. I think you can see he gives confidence to the midfield and to the goalie because mm-hmm. you know he's there and he's got his position right and you know he's kind of solid about it. He's not, you know, he's not making mistakes. He's distributing it well. He's getting in the right places. And without him, it just feels a bit more fragile again. And without that, I think it's, it's, a, it's a massive loss. I think I'd be a lot more confident about Thursday. No, big but Tierney as well was a big miss. And Tierney, obviously. Do you know I, mean, I mean, that's colossal. You're talking about, I mean, you're talking about £50 million worth of players, these two. Aye, aye, a £20 yeah. million pound cent and a half. And, a aye, and that's Scottish prices, by the way. Because <laughs> if, they were, if they were in England, that'd oh, be yeah, 150 that'd, well, or something. Off it goes, you're, you're yeah. Benkovic has cost £13 million quid. He's not mm-hmm. going to go any cheaper than that at any point in his career. No. And Tierney would be starting bids at 25, 20, 25 million quid. One of the best in the country. 40 million pounds for talent out that back four. Um, So if there's concerns, I think I say Ayer playing there, I think Mm -hmm. Ayer has improved. Mm -hmm. But But. at this level. It's interesting because he obviously got converted into a centre half when he was a youngster playing in Norway. He was an attacking midfielder. Mm -hmm. So that conversion, I mean, is that just down to his height? What what was the the, the thinking behind that? Just like Pamela Park. I I think he's a nice big ball player, Mm -hmm. but I don't see how someone didn't get hold of him long before that and say, no, son, I played back. back, Just not quick enough. Um, To be that that young, because at 18 or 19, in that part of the position, you need to be up in the park, and he's just not that. He's just not like that kind of player. So I think I don't think it was the biggest, toughest decision to say no. You're maybe, no. Um, but in a, mod, a modern sense, mm-hmm. do you know what? I think he'll end up being a fantastic centre half. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. still he's still young, he's still learning that that position. Mm-hmm. But I still think he's raw in that. And he's yeah, yeah. Had a few games in, in Europe, and it's got a bit hairy. Ah, um, yeah, slight bomb scare. Yeah, yeah. but Boyata could be fantastic, or he mm-hmm. could be. Head, head behind the couch stuff yep. you just don't know, <laughs> just don't know. Ah, it's uh-huh. a bit hit and miss uh-huh. I think um, on the topic of Benkovic I think one of the biggest barometers of just how good he is is the difference in Dedrick Boyata when he's next to him mm-hmm. Dedrick Boyata looks a much better player when he's next to Philip Benkovic yeah. and but I think it, uh, I don't know if it's a concentration thing Boyata is, is, it tends to be concentration mm-hmm. he, it tends to have lapses now and again yeah. mm-hmm. um, but he just that, that's yeah, I think you see that a lot though with centre half. I mean, if you've got somebody solid, it does actually it pulls the other one along, yeah. and they become more a, a unit. Do you know what I mean? Because of that, 
Um, and I think you can see that would be at a drop. I mean, if I, as you say, sometimes concentration seems to go, or sometimes it's even the questions. Positionally, I think you see him positionally. Occasionally, you'll see him look around. <laughs> <laughs> like, like a man that started crossing the waterway and then yeah. lost confidence halfway through. They shouldn't, yeah. shouldn't be standing. Yeah. I totally look. The head starts spinning. I don't know where that. Looking for be somebody here. to tell him over there. Aye, <laughs> just stand there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Kick but, that guy. Right. Gate. So. I mean, the ball at his feet. I think he is very good. Yes, but it's that kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, positional sense that, that it's maybe not natural to him but yeah. it'll come eventually but he's young as well as you say yeah. he's young do you know what I mean is that thing there so yeah aye, I is, think so uh, but there is con- I think there is concerns that that, that defensively mm-hmm. still at that level it could be mm-hmm. could be hairy times yeah, I, I think that's true I think if Celtic can keep a clean sheet then I'm a right good chance yeah. Um, yeah. I think that would be my my, my sort of take on it yeah. lads predictions what do we expect 2-1 Celtic good man Jules <laughs> one each one each. I think one each. I don't, I don't see a clean sheet. Nah. But I think I said it was core. So yeah. we'll go one each. But then yeah. well, I'm, I'm not a up since about <laughs> 2008. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so don't back on that. No. Well, it's interesting to see how Bain holds up as well. Because I think he'll probably get in the. I think so. I think, he's now, I think he's now number one, isn't he? I think he? he's number one. Mm, but oh, yeah. again, he's a, a quite a few not only good games but it's been the easier sort of side as well. So this is going to be yeah. quite a big test for him as well. So, But I think they're a hard enough team that. Uh, It'd be overly optimistic, I think, to insist on a clean sheet. Aye. Well, mm. fingers crossed for all Celtic fans around the country and beyond. That's all from us this week. Thank you very much for joining us. My thanks to Mick and my thanks to Jules as well for providing such clarity and elucidation on the podcast. We love a bit of that. Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Acast. I love the faces, by the way, in the background there. It's like, I write. <laughs> oh, tabloid journalist. You know, <laughs> so um, like for that... Done. Aye, sensationalism, that's what we're obviously, obviously... Never see the word on the record, that's for sure. <laughs> Straight <right> off. <laughs> right, don't forget to subscribe to iTunes or Acast uh, to get the podcast as soon as it's available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too. Thank you very much for listening and hope you enjoy the game on Thursday night. Thursday night.